About to listen to Bishop Kwesi Ampofo, pastor of Lighthouse Chapel International, Takari. Bishop Kwesi Ampofo has a unique teaching with a clearer understanding of the word. Get ready for an awesome time in the word and receive your blessing, healing, and prophetic word as you listen to Bishop Kwesi Ampofo. As I sing praises to your name. Tonight, I want to speak to you about knowing the church. Hallelujah. Knowing the church. It is important for you to know the church in which you are. Because your blessing and what God will do for you depends on you understanding how God operates in the church. Hallelujah. Amen. And one of the principles in the mega church book is the principle of catching the spirit of the house, the philosophies of the house, the thinkings of the house. Are you with me? So tonight and next week, by the grace of God, I would take us through some things about the church that will help us to understand more and position you in a better place to receive your blessing. Amen. The first one, I have ten points. The first one is acceptance and devotion to the leadership of the bishop's council. Amen. Acceptance and devotion to the leadership of the bishop's council as the early church accepted and devoted themselves to the apostles after the departure of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to accept something? When we say he has accepted the idea, it means that he has bought into the idea. It means that maybe he has changed his own ideas and he has taken this new idea. So we say he has accepted. When a lady has accepted a proposal, what does it mean? It means she has agreed. Is that not what it means? It means the lady has agreed to the proposal. So to be in the church or to understand the church, we must understand that the first pillar is the pillar of acceptance and devotion to the leadership of the bishop's council. Amen. As the early church accepted and devoted themselves to the apostles after the departure of Jesus Christ. Devotion means dedication. Amen. To be devoted to somebody or to something means you are dedicated to that thing. Or you don't get it. It means you are dedicated to it. In three, we will say, Matthew chapter 10 verse 40, the Bible says, He that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. Hallelujah. The church is a large organization. And the church works on the principle of delegated authority. Hallelujah. So in the church, we have the founder of the church, that is Bishop Dark. By the grace of God, he's alive. And he carries the anointing of the church. But then, how many of us will actually have a direct interaction with Bishop Dark? Not many of us. Are you with me? Not many of us. Even we the bishops, we may meet bishop about three times in a year or four times in a year. Yeah. Many years ago, I said that a time will come when even in two years, you may not see him because of his shadow. Amen. 
So, how can we benefit from the blessing that is upon him? And this is the principle. The principle is that delegated authority can transmit the blessing of the head to you. Are you with me? If I stand here and I can minister to you, a lot of that ministration and a lot of that anointing and grace comes from my head. Amen. If my pastors are also operating, they are also receiving, it's a chain. So it's coming through me, it's coming to them, going to the shepherds and going to the members. Hallelujah. So if you do not understand the concept and the principle of if you accept the one I have sent, it means that you have accepted me. When I came to Takrade, I was very impressed by your acceptance. Amen. You missed a good place to clap for yourself. Amen. It's not every church that is like that. It's not every life house that is like that. And I met a group of people I didn't know from anywhere. I remember the first Sunday I was sitting here and Pastor Eric and at a point I asked Pastor Eric is it time to preach? Do you remember? Then he said yes. I said how long do you preach here? Then he said oh as, as I'm led. I said oh anytime. I said no we must okay so I said okay so I just got up to the stage and I introduced myself if you remember. Amen. Yeah. But from that day to today, I have not regretted coming to be here in Takrade, in a place that I don't know. Yeah. I have not regretted at all. In fact, when I go to Accra, I am in a hurry to leave. My people are waiting for me. Yeah. Even my mother. Even my mother. Because, and it's because of the acceptance. Now, acceptance this point is trying to show us that we must learn to accept and devote ourselves to what the apostles of the church teach and say to us. So the example is that in Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 47 and they continue steadfastly in the apostles doctrine not, not in Jesus' doctrine Remember, the apostles had been with Jesus. Is that not the case? And Jesus left. And it was left with the apostles. And the church, the Acts church, the Bible says that they, were, they accepted and devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrines and teachings. Hallelujah. We are in a church. By the grace of God, we are not bereft of doctrines and teachings. Every church has its doctrines and teachings. If you go to some church, they believe in dominion. Some churches believe in um, prayer. Some churches believe in, I mean, so many different concepts. But in this church, we also have apostles here. Amen. And God has given them some teachings and some doctrines. Highest amongst them is which one? Loyalty and disloyalty. So as for loyalty and disloyalty, that one dear, even if we are asleep in our dream, we can talk about it. Professor, is that not the case? Yeah. And you too, in the church, you must accept and devote yourself to the teachings and to the doctrine of the apostles of the church. Because the example of the Acts church, he says that, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, Acts chapter 2, 42, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, one accord, one accord, if anything wants to bring divisions and factions, we would fight it. You cannot divide. 
and rule in the church. Amen. When we see anything that is bringing some amount of division, we frown at it and immediately we will deal with it and remove it from the church. Are you with me? Yeah. Very important doctrine. It is relevant in the church and is relevant in your life. It's relevant in your business. It's relevant in your company. Amen. So they were with one accord and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. He was adding 3,000, 4,000, thousands. And the main thing about the church was that they were committed to the teachings of the apostles. We have a great apostle amongst us. God has given him wisdom, great wisdom. Wisdom by which he has used to build a large worldwide organization. Wisdom that is not common. And he has not hidden the wisdom. He has put it in books. Amen. The books that Bishop has written are for our prosperity and our blessing. The principles that he shares in the books, they are not for preaching. Many of us think that, oh, Bishop's books are just for preaching. After preaching, they are of no use. No. It is to help us to live a better life. Amen. If you read the books, we are currently going to write an exam on formula for humility, child or servant. This book, if you, if you can eat the book and apply it to your life, you'll be surprised that your life will totally transform. Yeah. The wisdom in the books are for our enjoyment and they are to make our lives better. Don't, don't see the books as teaching aids or things for preaching. But they are things for your life. Amen. So the first principle that you must understand in being in the church is that we accept and devote ourselves to the teachings of the apostles of the church. Amen. When Jesus left, he left the apostles. The last question they asked Jesus was, who was going to be the president? <laughs> Can you imagine? It wasn't as if they were so very wild Bible scholars. We thank God for the Holy Ghost. I said, we thank God for the Holy Ghost. He came and made a lot of difference in the church. You see. But the, the, the church in Acts did not say, oh, Jesus was great, but you guys, we don't really want to follow you. We want somebody else or we want somebody from heaven. No. They just dedicated themselves to the teachings of the apostle. So if you are in the church, the way to your blessing is to also dedicate yourself to the teachings and the doctrines of the church. You must understand it. You must live it. Amen. How would you know the doctrines and the teachings of the church? Through the books through our preaching. When I, when I went away, I believe on Tuesdays we were preaching um, how to relate with your pastor. Amen. Pastor Eric preached on your pastor's voice. All these are teachings and doctrines of the church. I think Pastor Edward also preached the can-do man. Yeah, which is a major principle to success. The can-do man. I can do huh? all things. I can do all things. I can do all things. As you keep saying it, you will do all things. Hallelujah. You, I say you will do all things. So it's a mind. It's a mindset that we have that can do man. My brother went to South Africa to organize a crusade. And um, he was, it was very difficult for the South African pastors to relate with him because... He did not accept anything they were saying. 
they will tell him that you can hang only 20 banners and he will hang 200 banners. They will tell him you cannot do this on that day and he will do it on the day they say he can't do it. In fact, at the point he, he said that, he warned them that everything they say he can't do, he will do. And he did it. And on the last day, Bishop preached at the pastor's conference. He preached on Anakazu. Anakazu. So when he finished preaching, then the pastors came to him. Then they said, Reverend Kapus, we now understand you. Say, so we now understand you. When they heard Bishop Dag preaching on Anakazu and the concept of Anakazu, that an Anakazu man does not, he doesn't close down a meeting. He doesn't, he never says never. An Akazo man, he will compel, he will force, he will use biazo, any means necessary. Are you with me? That is the spirit of Anakazo. That is a can-do man. You see, so it's a teaching, it's a doctrine, and it is how we are in the church. Yeah. So, for example, I look like a very nice person on Sundays and Tuesdays to you, but my missionaries don't think so. <laughs> because with my missionaries we have to collect reports we have to sort things out we have to correct things and I am a very hard person yeah you see because I have, if you don't do that you can't pastor all the churches in Western region yeah are you getting the whole thing so if you get to understand the teachings of the house the doctrines then you will begin to understand how we are. You yourself, you begin to benefit from those things. You benefit from Anakazo. You benefit from Kanduman. You benefit from your pastor's voice. There are a lot of blessings in your pastor's voice. Yeah. Can you imagine that there, is, there are people in the church who have not spoken to their pastor for the whole year? You are missing Every week, ask yourself, have I, have I spoken with my pastor? Because your pastor, all he has to do is to say, God bless you. It is well with you. Yeah, it's enough. I said, it's enough. You should, not, you should, you should long to hear your pastor's voice. Because there's a blessing in the voice for you. You have to speak to your pastor at least once a week. You have to say hello. When you come to church, go and greet. Amen. And we are a lot of pastors. So you have to have a pastor's voice in your life. And the pastor's voice carries blessing. The voice of the pastor, it carries blessing. Bible says, believe. Believe. The prophets. You see? And then blessings will come into your life. So you may be having a problem, but you see, if your pastor holds your hands and speaks a word prophetically over your life, you'll be surprised at what will happen to the situation. Interestingly enough, matter responds to words. Do you know matter? Matter is any solid, chemicals, gas. Matter responds to words. And so Bible says that in the beginning, God said, he said, let there be light. And there was light. And he said, let there be trees. And there was trees. He said, let there... So that same power, that same ability, it is in us. And it is in hierarchies. So your pastor definitely is standing at a certain place. Higher than you. Bible says of a truth, the lesser is blessed of the greater. Of a truth, the lesser is blessed of the greater. So if I say... You are blessed. You are, you are going to be blessed. You, we must begin to we must begin to laugh, to, to yearn, to hear your pastor say a word of blessing. You say, pastor, bless me before I go home. Yeah. One day, prophet Kakra said to me, he said, big daddy, the church members' blessings are in our mouth. And we are chewing it like granites when we don't say it to them. And we just keep walking with you and we never say anything to you. No, no, no. We should say things to you. We should speak over your life. You see, so all these teachings, you see, which are in the church, are th this is how your blessing will come. 
in some places they use um, red oil and they bath you. Yeah. So that's what they believe in. Some places they chew grass. We all saw it on Facebook that church members will be chewing grass. But the things we believe in, we have written them. Amen. And the chief amongst them is loyalty and disloyalty. Everybody here should be a professor in loyalty and disloyalty. So the first principle of, of understanding the church is acceptance and devotion to the leadership of the bishop's council as the early church accepted and devoted themselves to the apostles after the departure of Jesus Christ. When Jesus left, it was left with the apostles. The apostles were the one giving teachings and doctrines in the church. In this church also, Bishop Doug has stepped aside. It is now the era of the bishop's council. Amen. Yeah. The church is now steered and governed by the bishop's council. Made up of about 30 bishops. And we are all in the church. Amen. And we meet, we gather, we take decisions. We take decisions about what we should do, what book we should study, and all that. It is the leadership of the bishop's council. So in this church, that is how the church is led. The bishop's council leads the church. Amen. Presiding bishop is alive still. I don't think he will die now. <laughs> he will become a very old man. Yeah. But he's a very wise man. He has decided to hand over. We have already gone through two, two chairmen of the bishop's council. Bishop Ayi, and he finished his term. We are now with Bishop Komi in Nairobi. And he is now the chairman of the bishop's council. His term will end in July. Then another bishop will be elected. And we keep doing that. And Bishop Doug is still there with Bishop Saki and Bishop Adi. And they are watching. And if there's some correction to be done, they do it. They advise. They counsel. They've even left their churches. Started new churches. Amen. So this is one of the main things about this church. The church is led by the bishop's council. The bishops, we have 30 bishops also and apostles. We have one prophet and then we have two apostles and we have about 27 bishops and we are all leading the church and we are going somewhere together with you. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Number two, number two, acceptance and devotion to the concept of full-time ministry. Everybody say full-time ministry. Lay ministry and the congenial and continuous mixture of the two ministries in the church. Let me say it again. Acceptance and devotion to the concept of full-time ministry. Lay ministry and the congenial and continuous mixture of the two. Continuous, congenial, and continuous mixture of the two. Mixture of what? Full-time ministry and lay ministry. The church will always be made up of more than 90% lay people. Yeah. Without the lay people, the church is dead. There will be no church. Not just here. Um, Assemblies of God, Methodist Church, Presby Church. Yeah. Lay preachers, deacons. The, the lay people are a major force in the church as well as the full time. And so in the church, we believe that there must be a congenial and continuous mixture of full-time ministry and lay ministry. How many full-time people are here? Myself, Pastor Edward, Pastor Raymond, Pastor Blay. That's it. That's it. We don't need more. <laughs> How many lay people are here? A lot. How many lay pastors do you have? 23? Yeah. 
What's the, what's the ratio? Who can give you the percentage? Four and 23. What about the lay ministers? So six plus 27, 23, 29, roughly 30. So four over 30 times 100 is what? Two will go into 215. So two over 15 times 100. Five will go here, three. Five will go here, 20, isn't it? So... 2 times 20 is what? 40 over 3. 3 into that is about 1 carry 1, 10, 3. 13%. It will always be like that. Amen. 13%. We believe in the mixture of the two. Amen. We believe in the mixture of full time. You see, you, you must not be against full time. And full time must also not be against lay ministry. Because either of them cannot survive without the other. Hallelujah. So we believe for this church to go on, we must have a what? A congenial and continuous mixture of the two ministries in the church. God may call some of you to full time ministry. If he does, praise the Lord. God will call many of you to lay ministry. And he has. Praise the Lord. That we know it from many are called. Amen. Yeah. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And this is one of our major foundations in the church. The church cannot go on without lay ministry and full-time ministry married together. It will, not, it will not happen. And I just want to read to you a few things from Bishop's book on lay ministry. In this book, chapter 3, Bishop talks about seven reasons why God operates through lay people. Everybody must get a copy of this book. And he says, all through the scriptures, you see God giving different gifts to different people. To some, he gives one talent. To others, he gives many talents. I believe that it is the ministry of the one talent. However, it is important to value this ministry even if it is only one talent. Your judgment for despising the one talent will be severe. Why do I call it the ministry of the one talent? Those in full-time ministry give all their days, nights, weeks, and months to the Lord's work. Whilst those who are volunteers may give one day in a week for this ministry or two. You cannot compare the output and the sacrifice of a one evening or two evening a week ministry with that of 100% full-time dedicated ministry. Does that mean that the lay ministry is not valid? Not at all. Some people have been called by the Holy Spirit to work for God with one talent. Say amen, somebody. But all these workers that one and the self-same spirit Dividing to every man severally as he will. Why God operates through lay people? Number one, the gift of ministry is measured. Some people receive a larger measure than others. It is the will of God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God have dealt to every man the measure of faith. Number two, God has decided to give everyone a different office. It's a decision of God. Romans 12, 4. For us, we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Number three, God gives some people only one talent. You cannot ask God why he gives some people only one talent. That is his decision. Those with only one talent are able to work for the Lord in a much smaller capacity. Matthew 25, and the points goes on. Myself, I've been a lay minister for some years. Amen. As a lay minister, I did as much as full-time ministry. Traveling, doing so many things. You can do so many things with lay ministry. Lay ministry is a valid ministry. Lay ministry is a needed ministry. Lay, you see, you'll be surprised that when you read Rejoiner's book, he talks about heaven, the rewards. 
And he says the people he saw sitting on the highest thrones in heaven were not pastors. Unfortunately. He met many full-time pastors. They were in the lower rank. Why? Because for me to have 100%, I have to do three things. So if I do two and I don't do three, I don't get 100%. Now you have one talent. If you do your one talent, you get 100%. And we are marked based on the quantum expected of us. Amen. That is why in the parable of the talent, the Bible says, God gave five, three, and one. And he came and he said, well done to the five. He said, well done to the two. And then when he came to the one, he had buried his talent. And you can see what happened to that guy. So in this church, we believe that lay people can do the work. And lay people are doing the work. Go to America. Go to Europe. Go to South Africa. Lighthouse will not exist without lay people. So we salute lay people. And lay people too salute full-time people. In fact, at the Congress when Bishop said something, he said he intentionally did not allow full-time people to come because if he wants to preach about lay ministry, the full-time people will feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Because real lay ministry, hey, hmm. I don't know about certain lay ministries, but I know my wife's life, I can tell you of her life. It is fantastic. Hmm. No rest too. She should have rest maybe on Sundays and some evenings, but there's work to do in the church. Mercy. When we go to heaven, we shall rest. Hallelujah. Don't think that what you have to do for God is too small. Don't think that what you have to do for God is irrelevant. It is important. And we as a church, that is what we believe in. We believe that there must be a congenial, continuous mixture. Do do you have that on there? A congenial and continuous mixture of the two ministries in the church. Wow. A good example that Bishop gives is Apostle Paul. As Apostle Paul was a lay minister. Are you aware of that? Or you are not aware of that? In Acts chapter 18, verse 1 to 4, Acts chapter 18, verse 1 to 4, the Bible says, After these things, Paul departed from Athens, came to Corinth, and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy, and with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and come unto them. And because he was one of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. Now this is Apostle Paul. Amen. So even at the camp, Bishop was saying that the teachers of the lay people should have read what? I'm a lay pastor like Apostle Paul. Amen. So if you have the ministry of the lay work, you should shine in it. Amen. You should do your best. Lay, lay, lay pastors can take this region forward. Yeah. Lay pastors have brought this region this far. There used to be only Pastor Barno, right? Yeah. Bishop Hamish. Yeah, he was one. Then Reverend Barno, he was one. Yeah. Church has gone for it. Now we are only four. And it's enough. Rather more lay people. You are the next lay pastor in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we believe in this. And you see, because of this, our blessing is in becoming either a full-time pastor or a lay pastor. You, 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 you are entitled to certain blessings and giftings when you, when you connect yourself to that. Amen. It's important. Point number three. Point number three. Acceptance and devotion to the peculiar blessing of prosperity 
in the house, which comes through three major keys. Acceptance and devotion to the peculiar blessing of prosperity in the house, which comes through three keys. Amen. Acceptance and devotion to the peculiar blessing of prosperity. Now, prosperity is something God wants for his children. Hallelujah. Before I said I give you these keys, I want you to look quickly at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua 1, 8. I believe you know that scripture offhand. This book of the law shall not depart from our mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Amen. Your ways will be prosperous and your ways will be successful. That is God's intention for you. That is God's plan for you. That is God's desire for you. That you will prosper and you would be successful. Hallelujah. Failure is not from God. Success is what God wants for us. Ah, we shall succeed and we shall prosper. Wow. One day we were going somewhere, we gave a certain brother a lift. We were driving Lady Reverend's car. So as we were going, I don't know why, but I just told the guy that this is 20 years. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? As we were driving and going, I said, this is 20 years. You have been working for 20 years. How will you not prosper? We must prosper. In fact, I'm thinking of the next car to buy. Hey! You know, I've imagined praying for you that God should give you certain things. Come. Um, Blay. Father, I pray for Blay Kofi. That which you put on my heart for him. May he receive it. I thank you that you are causing him to take his place in the name of Jesus. You will not lack, you will not want because the Lord's hand and eye is upon you. Receive it. I rebuke every negative spirit and circumstance. I command you, let go of him. Release him now. He is bound for success and prosperity. May that be your story, Jesus' name. Amen. I've thought about you for about three weeks. Yeah. Look, if I ask you, Rihanna, what car would you like? I don't know if you have... Uh, Vincent, what car? If you are to buy a car now, what car would you buy? You know, Dr. Mensota will say something. Dr. Mensota will say that most Ghanaians... If Jesus should appear now and say, say three things you want, they cannot say it. Say, say three things you want, they cannot say it. Have you thought about the car? What car do you want? You don't know. Do you know, do you know, listen, listen. Do you know that your blessing depends on your imagination and your vision? What you have, what you believe in your heart. Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. You see, the Bible says the expectations of the righteous shall not be cut off. So, the fact that you cannot say what you want or imagine what you want means that there is, there is no image that is being crystallized in your life. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 11, he says that, he says, he says in Genesis 11, he says, there is nothing that shall be withholding them that they have imagined to do. Your imagination is blank. Therefore, you will have blank. You should have vision. You should know what you want. Do you know what, one of my thoughts? I, I always think, what, what's the next car I'm going to drive? 
I've been analyzing it for some years. Yeah. It is coming. <laughs> and when it happens, eh, don't be jealous. Who? Many years ago, before I drove my Prado, I went to Camot. I went to sit in the car and I spoke to the car. <laughs> About five years later, or so, I find myself driving a Land Cruiser. If you see me driving it, you may have certain ideas, but what you don't know is that I have gone to possess my possession. Yeah, I've gone to possess my possession. And one day I was listening to Bishop preaching, and Bishop said that one of the blessings that will come over your life is that you cannot pack the number of cars you have in your house. And I said, I claim it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know you need a standby car? Yes. If this car decides to mess up, you have a standby. You see, but you may not have that mind. You may think that um, it's too much. You see, anything you think, it is your portion. Anything you think is your portion. Anything you think is your portion. That is why you must learn to think in the right way. Yeah. And so, God's plan for us is prosperity and success. In 3 John 2, 3 John 2, 3 John 2. I think this point, I can't even preach it. We have to continue next week. 3 John 2. The Bible says, I wish above all things. I wish above all things. I wish above all things. That what? That thou mayest prosper and be in health. If you like, check the Greek word for the prosper. Even as thy soul prospers. Now, the prosper there is not an imagination like you have favor, you have grace, you have mercy. No. Because health, what does health mean? Health is practical health and healing for your body. Physical in your body. In the same way, the prosperity is talking about there is a prosperity that will affect you. In fact, on Sunday, we learned a scripture and he says that you shall have abundance of all things. Yeah. Abundance of all things. Abundance of all things. So you have to stop thinking small. Think in terms of prosperity. My prayer for you is that you prosper. Because when it's my birthday and you are bringing me a present, pearl, it should be able to be the keys of a certain car. Amen. But how, how would you give a car when you are struggling? You see, it's not possible. You are struggling, even you shoot to buy, it's a problem. How can you give a car? So I'm praying, we are praying for you that Lord, prosper them. Prosper them. Because when you are prospered, hey, it not be anything. $10,000, $20,000. It not be anything. I say it not be anything. Yeah. So may you prosper. May you prosper. May you prosper. May you prosper. Amen. It is God's design and desire for you. So I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as thy soul prospers. That means that your prosperity and your success and doing well has a relationship with your spiritual life. And that is why the first point under this, which I cannot preach, is Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. The first principle of prosperity in lighthouse. Do you want to prosper? Do you want to prosper in this church? Some people have found their keys to prosperity. It is prostitution. And they are in it. Some people are doing cocaine. And they are in it. Some people are doing... Everybody has found what makes them prosper. In lighthouse, what makes us prosper is Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, which says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. 
and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you that is our prosperity in this church amen and the bible says in third john that as you prosper in god you will prosper in your health and in your physical life amen i listen to me your blessing is that you have preaching to preach and you have sheep you can look after it's your blessing your blessing is that you have a you have a church you have a fellowship you have a group you have a choir that you can sing in it's your blessing it's your blessing that you are an usher in the church and you are doing something for god that is your blessing because as you do that for god god will translate it into prosperity for you amen 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 wow we have to get into this particular subject but time is up but let me share a testimony with you you know my first car my first car is actually GY8585 180Y we use it for our honeymoon there was no brakes only handbrake and gear but I had a car later not many days after I married and what happened was that some church members of mine, if I'm not church members, they were friends, but I knew them because I was a to somebody that they knew. And they came to me when I was in my office because I was working for my father. And they said to me that they are going to Holland to bring cars. And after they did their calculations, they realized that they can bring one extra car. So they want to come and ask me whether I like or I no like. <laughs> wow God will never forget you yeah and God is waiting for you to show yourself as a servant to him when we say sing in the choir you must be happy when we say become the shepherd of a cell you must be excited because it is your insurance and your security for your blessing in, the life, in this life that we are God will look and he will say, like he says in Mark, Malachi chapter 3, verse 17. Malachi 3, 17. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Pastor Eric, do I have time? And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serves him. So it means there are sons that serve and sons that don't serve. Next verse. Next verse says, Then shall ye return and descend between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Wow. Do you think that attending church is what we call serving God? You are mistaken. It is not. It is good to come to church. In Hebrews, the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But it is not really service to the Lord. To serve God means that you are doing something for God and bringing fruits to the church and to God. Are you with me? Everybody listening to me, you must harass your pastor. Say, pastor, I want to do something in the church. I want to sing. I want to play keyboard. I want to scrub. I want to mop. I want to start a cell. I want to do this. I want to invite somebody to church. Because as you serve God, Bible says that as you serve God, your prosperity is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It is, it is a mathematical equation. It is directly proportional. He said that, you, that I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as thy soul prosperous. You must prosper in God. You must prosper in God. You know, Vincent, you must pray some prayers and say to God, God, I have been a lay pastor for some time. Please, may I see light. May I see breakthrough. May the doors that are closed in my life be opened. You, see, you should say, Lord, consider the works of my hands. Yeah. Are you not working for God? Oh. Believe God. God has a big time plan for you. Yeah. Just, just that you can't even imagine the car he should give to you. It's a problem. <laughs> I want you from today to decide that you will not be idle in the church. I say you will not be idle in the church. In Lighthouse, our blessing is in work for the Lord. 
Work for the Lord. Work for the Lord. Work for the Lord. Work for the Lord. Hey! Whether you are full-time or lay pastor, work for the Lord. Yeah! There's a lot of work to do. Look at Sweet Melodies. Can you imagine the church without Sweet Melodies now? Every Sunday they have found themselves something to do in the church. What about you? May God open the door for you. The major work down in the church is to invite people to church. We are going to fill this church room on Tuesdays. I said on Tuesdays. I said on Tuesdays. This room shall be full. By the grace of God in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a big clap offering and a shout. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I want you to pray for just two minutes. Put your hand on your chest and say, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Use me, Lord. Use me to preach. Use me to win souls. Use me to invite people to church in the name of Jesus. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Father, bless your children. Help your children. Don't let us fall by the side of the road, Lord. In the name of Jesus, give us a heart to love you. Give us a heart to serve you. Give us a heart to love you. Give us a heart to serve you. Oh, to do something for you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you are filling your house. Give us a passion that every one of us will love to see your house filled. For this is your desire and this is your plan in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I leave to my head in we believe you've been blessed by this message. For copies of this message, visit our Vision Bookshop at our church premise near Wampo One. How would you sing it with me? I worship you, great I am.